gentlemen, welcome into another episode of NAISB Host Season Edition. My name is Reagan Harrell. That man is Taylor Thomas. Taylor, I think I set the tone with postseason right there. Yeah, and we've kind of already gotten a few turn few conference tournaments kicked off. And the the definition of postseason softball we have already seen in those those very few games in those conference tournaments. I mean, How like we that? said last week, it's the it's the best time of the year, and it's not disappointing thus far. And I really don't foresee the rest of this week and going into next week um, disappointing us at all. No, I do not. Certainly, I'm not out on the West Coast. Vanguard is looking like right now, it seems like they're kind of in the driver's seat in the GSAC tournament, Taylor. Yeah, absolutely. And that's something that we definitely didn't expect. Vanguard coming into the conference tournament at, uh, at 25 and 27 on the year. And, I mean, going in yesterday and taking down Hope International and Ali Puente, uh, something that hasn't been done at really at all this season is taking down Ali Puente and a great Hope International squad, the one seed in that tournament. Uh, Vanguard took advantage with the Ashley Klopstein double that we saw yesterday on Twitter and uh, did it once again in dramatic fashion today on a sack fly in the top of the seventh uh, to take down Arizona Christian and put them in the driver's seat. They're one win away now from clinching their spot in the national tournament with the GSAC title. I don't think many people outside of uh, Arizona Christian and Vanguard thought they would be the two teams playing in the winner's bracket on day two, but they were. And, wow, it's Jessup. Jessup has gone home. It just went final right before we uh, we started recording. But, yeah, Hope International, another classic performance from Ali Puente. Complete game shutout, one nothing. Good old playoff softball down. Uh, Jessup, they're the first team eliminated it. On a scale of one to ten, how shocked are you at that statement? Uh, pretty shocked, honestly. I mean, Jessup, we've talked about throughout the season. They're a really good ball club. They're defending tournament champs over there in the GSAC last season. And I mean, not to take away from their performance. I mean, like you said, uh, today, obviously, Ali Puente got the best of them in a ten inning complete game shutout. Uh, with her sister, Emily Puente, hitting the walk-off double there in the bottom of the 10th. Uh, but Jessup, I mean, step for step with them, and in both games, too. I mean, it's it's a tough go for, for a really good Jessup squad, but that's just kind of how the postseason goes. A few pitches that don't go your way, and uh, your season's over. And unfortunately, that's how it went for, for Jessup. Yeah. And, well, uh, another tournament that ha- is already over, and we talked about these teams that – our experience have been there before, and maybe they didn't have the best regular season, but when postseason time comes around, they're a whole other uh, type of dog, and the Bulldogs from Tennessee, Wesleyan, they sure were barking in the AAC tournament. Yeah, uh, really showing their experience, like you said. I mean, a team that was in, in Columbus last year really underperformed this season was the fourth seed coming into the AAC tournament, something that I don't think anyone ever really thought was going to happen. Um, but, you know, credit to obviously teams like Reinhardt and Sharif McConnell going out and handling business throughout the season, even Brunel out in Georgia. And we saw Brunel um, almost take this uh, conference tournament. Uh, they were playing some really, really good softball, taking down Reinhardt and Sharif McConnell. And then Tennessee Wesleyan just quietly went into the tournament, like I said, as the fourth seed and went undefeated, uh, kind of ran the table, clinched their spot in the opening round. They were needing that um, to get into the national tournament here. And like you said, the Bulldogs, they they keep barking and they barked their way through the conference tournament, taking down a really good Reinhardt squad. Uh, and that was that was some fun softball throughout that past weekend, man. Like Tennessee Wesleyan talked about the experience. Getting hot at the right time is something that we obviously preach and something that all diamond sports need um, come postseason play. And Tennessee Wesleyan's doing just that, taking taking the AST in dramatic fashion. And they kind of did it in a formula or in a way that's like – yeah, duh, they did it. Cheyenne Strong. I mean, they 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 played excellent offense. They jumped on teams early the whole tournament. They got a good good lead, and mo- and just about every game they got a lead in the first couple of innings. And then they said, "Hey, we have the best pitcher here, and she's going to prove that." And that's exactly what happened in the AAC tournament. Yeah, absolutely proved it. Uh, taking home tournament MVP, uh, really putting the team on her back. Honestly, I mean, going out and just giving elite did i believe she was three and oh in the tournament um in those four games and in that last game too i mean what an incredible game that was in between reinhardt reinhardt coming back on that last day four games were played in that tournament on the final day uh with reinhardt uh 
forcing their way into into the championship game. Of course, like you said, shy and strong got the best of them there. Uh, but you got to tip your hat to Tennessee Wesley, like we said, just kind of underperformed all season. Pretty much written off, I would say, nationally as compared to what they normally are year in, year out. And here they are yet again, playing their best softball at the right time. And they are in the national tournament and looking to make some more noise. Absolutely. And, it, hey, the, the dogs had a little bit of a bite to their bark, and we're going to get into the rest of the, the tournament's previewing. But, uh, Taylor, you've been doing some barking yourself here the last uh, few days, yeah? Yeah, just a little bit. Um, I, I kind of feel like an honorary Georgia fan, like right there, like you. Uh, maybe I, I was going to say maybe I need to get a Georgia flag behind me, but I don't think that's going to happen. <laughs> well, you know, I'm the same way with the Eagles uh, fan. I'm like, hey, I'm gonna, I'm gonna be an Eagle fan here for the foreseeable future, root for the Georgia players there. But you're not gonna see me getting any uh, Eagles flags. Maybe a maybe a Nicobe Dean jersey or something. But we'll we'll save that uh, topic for another day. So. All right, folks, here's kind of – you got anything uh, you want to talk about uh, those two tournaments or are you uh, re ready to move? Okay. All right. Um, here's kind of what, what we got. We're go going to give a, a short preview and our prediction for who we think the conference champions for every other conference uh, is going to be. And we're pretty much going in alphabetical order with the exception of five conferences that we have set aside that we think are – must watch softball over this next week that are the five best tournaments in our, in our opinion, the, the five most competitive and quite frankly, the five that we had the toughest decision uh, choosing who would win. But we will say this for the end. Uh, let let y'all know uh, if y'all are wanting to hear those and do want to kind of skip ahead. They are the KCAC, the heart of America, the sun conference, the cascade and the Southern States. Correct. Those are the five. Yes. Five, so they will be at the end. We're going to do, do the rest of them, rest, oof, the rest of the conferences uh, first. So, Taylor, uh, I guess we'll get started with the AMC. Yeah, let's do it. Uh, the AMC, like you said, uh, two bid league, and uh, really here, I, I would say it's going to be a real shock if it's going to be anything other than a chalk result here. And um, the top two seeds, obviously, are. are Cotty and, and Missouri Baptist, uh, two teams that have been at the top of the conference all year. Cotty, their first year in the AMC. And I think that's who I'm going to go with here. I think that the Cotty offense is, is really just too good and too overpowering. Uh, we did see these two teams match up a few weeks back, uh, splitting that doubleheader. Uh, Cotty with uh, the slight advantage in the regular season. And I think Cotty, like you said, I think Cotty is, uh, I think Cotty wins this tournament, but really don't be surprised if Missouri Baptist uh, comes in behind Shelby Cyrus and and rolls through as well. I mean, she's very capable of doing doing that and giving a, her team a postseason performance that sh that they'll need to take down a really good Cotty offense in the AMC. Yeah, you kind of hit the, hit the nail on the head there. When you look at the lineup, I, the, the advantage is to Cotty. However, I do really like the Missouri uh, Baptist pitching really tr duo, the duo of Sh Shelby Cyrus and Alexandra uh, Cafola. However, like you said, I think uh, Cotty right now is playing the best best softball. I think their lineup is – I think their lineup is well, – I don't want to say. It's better than Missouri Baptist. The gap is a little bit more than when I look at the pitching staffs between the two, if that makes sense. Um, I agree with you. I do think this uh, this is the Comets to win. Uh, got to watch them a little bit when they came down uh, Florida to play some Sun Conference teams. They look good there. They've done incredible in the AMC uh, winning the regular season. I, I, I'm going to go with the comments as well. Yeah. And it's really not like, it's really not a huge shock. I would say to, to have these two up here in our, both our champion runner up, yeah. uh, like we said, these are two postseason staples. Um, Cotty, like you obviously saw them this year. I've gotten to see them a few times here in the past, um, with them being in, in Chickasha against USAO and Oklahoma city as well. But, like you said, man, that that lineup to me is just too good. I don't think that even if you were to hold down the main two bats that they have, I think one through nine of this lineup is very, very good. And like we said, postseason softball is just about who gets the breaks. And we saw these two teams play one-run ball games. I think that's going to be much of the same here should they match up in the conference championship game. But I do like the comments as well. Absolutely. Okay, so moving on to the Chicagoland 
Uh, I think that this one is, it's one of those situations. It's like the, the best pitcher and the second best pitcher are on the same team. Tucker and uh, Vachon for St. Francis, both sub two ER race. Uh, Tucker, an incredible year uh, for the Fighting Saints. Uh, this is what, this is, I'll say this. There are not many I'm confident in. And this is, this is another one. This is, the Chicago land is kind of, it was one I kind of debated. I was like, we could kind of uh, throw this one towards the end because you have Olivia Naz and St. Xavier that I don't think would surprise either one of us, especially St. St. Xavier. They're not, I mean, this is, this is really when they go. I mean, the, what they did last year. Uh, but I, I think I'm, I think I'm going to rock with St. Francis. Yeah. And this is going to be our first, uh, our first disagreement here. I'm going to actually Uh-oh. go on the contrary. I'm going to go with, with St. Xavier there. Like you said, Olivia has. I mean, she's she's incredible. Once again, St. Francis is too. I mean, this was a, a conference that was decided by, I believe, just one one game uh, there in the regular season. And St. Xavier is a team that I got to see actually take on Georgia Gannett earlier on in the season. I really liked what I saw with them uh, going down there in Lawrenceville on the road and uh, putting up a really good fight too as well. It's This one is the first toss up for me, of course, like I said, between St. Xavier and St. Francis, I'm going to give the slight edge to St. Xavier though. I like that. And you, you are correct. Uh, j- just pulled up. St. Francis did win the regular season going 18 and two, but St. Xavier one game back uh, at 17 and three. So yeah, right, right up there. I mean, we, we, we are kind of, uh, we're cutting hairs here, folks, uh, w- w- with some of these teams, it's just, t- it's tough to pick. Um, and I think, I think, uh, I don't want to speak for you, Taylor, but I, I, I'm the I'm the same. I feel like if St. Xavier wins, I'm not surprised. If St. Francis wins, are you surprised at all? No, really, not at all. I mean, like I said, uh, I think that behind these two arms that St. Francis has, and once again with with St. Xavier too, probably going to be a pitcher's duel there in the championship should those two match up. All of it, Nazarene is a team that could surprise people. But I do think Saint, both St. Saint Xavier and St. Francis are just a slight edge ahead of those, uh, of all of that Nazarene. Um, but I like St. Xavier here. I think that the uh, the previous postseason experience that St. Xavier has um, will help them out here in this tournament. I think that's what gets it done for them. Yeah, sign me up for a Lila Summers versus a, a Madison Tucker matchup at some point in the Chicagoland tournament. Sign me all the way up if that is a situation, folks. I highly recommend watching that one uh okay so that is a tough one there's our first disagreement uh i think we can be pretty brief with the cac the independent tournament do we know who's going to win i think uh not yep. no, we don't know but i i think we know who we're both going to say i'm picking georgia gwinnett yep uh no no disagreements here georgia gwinnett give me the grizzlies uh, really not a whole lot do you want to go into it much or i mean yeah, I think we're cutting dry there. Uh, Rockwood, Georgia Gwinnett, I would be shocked. Taylor, you'd be shocked. Could happen. Upsets happen. Hey, it's softball. Never know. Weird game. But rocking with the Grizzlies. Now let's get right back into the thick of it. <laughs> the crossroads. Woo! We are heading up to the Hoosier State uh, for a lot, a lot of these teams. Indiana, Wesleyan, and Marion. Those are the two that kind of stick out. Crossroads is two, correct? Or they won? Yeah, crossroads. Uh, crossroads. Yeah, great. That's going to be a lot of fun uh, heading in because we have two teams, two really good teams that are not going to be afraid of the big moment that have started playing their best softball here at the end of the year in Indiana, Wesleyan, and Marion. Taylor, who you got? This one was really tough for me, uh, much like the uh, the Chicago land too, but the Crossroads, Crossroads is a, a league that we've uh, paid a pretty good amount of attention to over over the season here with uh, with teams like you said, like Marion, Indiana, Wesleyan, Mount Vernon, Nazarene, as well. Those three are kind of been interchangeable up at the top there. Um, but for me, as far as my champion goes, real toss up here between Marion and Indiana Wesleyan. I'm going to give the edge to Indiana Wesleyan over Marion. I do think that, like we said earlier and on earlier episodes. A rough stretch for Indiana Wesleyan, and that rough stretch included two losses at home to a really good Marion squad last month. And like you said now, I mean, Indiana Wesleyan, you look up and they're playing their best softball of the season right here. A bit of a down year record-wise for them, obviously, with the bar set so high at that program. Uh, but I think Indiana Wesleyan, not only with their with their previous postseason experience, but the way they're playing right now, I think that they'll get this done. I think 
um, at Wagner and Emma Edder Cox too, along with that lineup. Uh, that should be a really fun matchup. Uh, should we get those two Indiana Wesleyan and Marion in the championship game with uh, potentially Wagner and Olivia Stunkel going at it for the conference title. But like we said, uh, two bid league here. I do think Indiana Wesleyan gets on, gets it done and uh, takes on the conference championship. Okay, I guess we're just going to disagree on a lot of these coin flips because I am going to go with uh, with Marion. Uh, I think they have the best pure hitter uh, in the country and Savannah Harwiger, second in average, first in hits. Uh, two excellent arms led by Olivia Stunkel, who's go- going to – I have my prediction here. I think she gets her ERA um, below one at, by the end, end of the conference tournament. I think she's going to have a really good uh, tournament, 21-2 and two on the year. Got to watch them against Mount Vernon. Uh, you know, Mount Vernon's another one of those teams uh, that, that we, we could throw, throw up here, uh, could, could see something, but – yeah, I, I'm. A, I think Marion. Uh, this is a very deep lineup. Pretty much the entire lineup batting well over uh, 300. We talked about Savannah, but uh, Bri- Brianna think I think she's batting 359. They they have the power as well with Sierra Norman, who's batting 350 with 10 home runs. She's looking to get her RBI total north of 50. They have a, another RBI machine and Haley Green in the middle of their lineup, uh, and I. I think this is, again, I, I think this is one we look at, and I pick Marion, you pick Indiana, Wesleyan, and maybe if we got out of bed a different way this morning, we have we, we have each other's picks. Yeah, honestly, and uh, great point you mentioned earlier, too. I mean, it wouldn't even surprise me, honestly, in this conference if we see Mount Vernon Nazarene take it home, yeah. too. And Nazarene's already beaten both of these teams twice uh, this season, and I do believe that with Sheridan Sullivan on the mound, I mean, she can give – both of these teams, all they can handle here. Uh, but for me, like I said, once again, it's just, to me, it's the postseason experience. It's it's the, the standard set at Indiana Wesleyan. I think that you see them playing their best softball at the right time. And it's because of that factor, too. And I think that that is ultimately what gets them done. But like I said, I mean, this could be a one-run ball game here. And all three of these teams uh, could easily take home this conference championship. Yeah, I mean, the thing that kind of w- with Mount Vernon is kind of one of those more recency bias. I watched w- one of the games I watched uh, was that that Marion uh, doubleheader is mo- the main part I was watching was just when Marion was just like, OK, we're just going to beat you and score on you in every way possible. We are going to hit little slap singles and we're, we're going to get three, four runs here and a run here. Oh, and hey. You want to score a couple runs in the middle innings? Okay, now the power bats get going, and then they just start hit hit the ball 275 feet, and it's kind of like, well, this is a very dynamic lineup. But, yeah, I, again, I think it could go um, either way. If we see Indiana Wesleyan, I wouldn't be that, surpri- be that surprised at all. I do push back a little. I'd be pretty surprised to see Mount Vernon win. Um, I'm not saying they can't uh, at all. Uh, I would be surprised, though. Uh, it, it would surprise me if it's not – Indiana Wesleyan or Marion. Um, but if it's not those two, then yes, it, it would be Mount Vernon. Okay. Um, oh, all right. All right. Mo- moving on. So I already talked about the GSEC, but let's go ahead and move into the GPAC. And I think, Taylor, we will find some more common ground here. Yeah, no doubt. And uh, really, about a month ago, if you had asked me who's going to win this tournament, I wouldn't even have hesitated and said, I would said Northwestern. Um, I do still think that the Northwestern um, Red Raiders get this done and win the GPAC tournament, uh, but it's going to be a lot closer than what I previously thought. Like we said, uh, with with Midland and Dort and Morningside and even Briarcliff as well, uh, Midland's a really, really, really good lineup, and we saw them take it to Northwestern uh, there in that game one uh, last week, and even Dort too as well behind Abby Kramer with that incredible performance that she had uh, two weeks ago, taking down Northwestern. Those are both at Northwestern too. Uh, so both, uh, both Dort and, and Midland here have really come on late and uh, made this, in my opinion, a, a bit closer of a race than what it had been. Uh, but for me, I'm still going to stick with them. I'm still going to stick with Northwestern, the trio uh, in the circle that they have uh, behind the lineup too, as well. I, it's just too good for me. There's too much, there's too much firepower, both, both in the box and in the circle for Northwestern. Uh, but I'm going to say Northwestern gets this done, and I'm, I'm going to say they take down Midland there in the championship. I think Midland's the runner. 
I completely uh, agree with you. I am very high on this Midland team, and uh, you, you pretty much hit the nail nail on the head. I I think Midland will give them a very strong run. I think they give them all that they can, led by Ronnie Foote and Carly Fitzer. I mean, this is one of the best power-hitting duos in the country, both sniffing 50 RBIs, both uh, – uh, right there, un, right under 15 home runs. I believe one has uh, 14. I want to say Fitzer uh, ha, ha, has one more. But uh, anyways, I'm very high on Midland. But like you said, Northwestern is just playing such good softball right now. They have three dominant pitchers, so you're very confident in them in a tournament situation like we're about to see them in. So, yes, um, I wouldn't say I'll be floored. If Dort or Midland win, but I I would say on a scale of one to ten, it'd be about four or five surprise uh, to see Northwestern not win it. Yeah, I agree with you here. Like I said, I mean the gap has kind of uh, has closed a little bit over these last couple weeks of the regular season here. Um, but it's just going back to me for for Northwestern and like I've been high on them all year. I, I don't think I'm going to stick like go away from them now. Uh, with with Jacobson and, and Kralik and Etherington both in the circle and with the bat, Etherington at, at that. Uh, I think that's what gets it done for him, especially in the conference tournament setting. Uh, I think Northwestern is just a little bit um, above the rest here in the conference. But like you said, behind that Midland lineup and then even in with Rin Cohen in the circle, I mean, she she shut down Northwestern last week and added a home run uh, to her total as well. Uh, this is a really, really good lineup. Really, really good team overall, but um, if it is if it is Northwestern and Midland in the conference tournament championship game, uh, I will definitely be tuned in. That is for sure. But I do think Northwestern uh, has the slight edge here. I think that's what that's. I think Northwestern takes it home. Yep, absolutely. Okay, uh, saving the heart, saving the KCAC. That will move us down the alphabet to the Mid South Conference where the Cumberland Patriots reside and where I think the Cumberland Patriots will continue to not lose a game in conference play. I mean, where where do you even want to start with? You want to talk about three batters, Bailey Turnbow, Car- Carly Oliver, and Mackenzie Keats, all batting over 400, not 300, batting over 400, or do you want to talk about the three-headed monster in the circle? I don't know. Taylor, where you want to start with them? Yeah, I mean, you could really start start anywhere, honestly. I mean, we could even start with the fan support that Cumberland's has um, yeah. out there out there tailgating um, out in the outfield, too. Uh, but I, to me, when you talk about postseason softball, it's pitching and it's defense. That's what's going to win you championships. And like we said, the, the pitching staff is one thing, but this team, this team can really, really field, field the softball. Man. I mean, they, I believe that they're – I believe they lead the country in fielding percentage right now, if I'm not mistaken. Um, but once again, when you have like Morgan Radford, uh, Tally Burgess, Katie White, two of those being a bit more finesse arms, uh, you're going to have to have a really good defense behind that. And they've done that throughout the year. Like you said, they haven't lost a game in conference all year. Uh, one that we circled was Freed Hardman earlier in the season, and they really took it to him, uh, to Brittany Adair and Chloe Winters as well. And behind Emily Bryant, Carly Oliver, Turnbow. Uh, Maddie Sickow, and then that that trio in the circle, man. I mean, not only do I like Cumberlands to to win the conference tournament, I think that they can win a heck of a lot more uh, down the road in the postseason. But I do think that it's uh, Cumberlands for me is the champ, and then I think Freed Hardman uh, takes that runner up spot. Yeah, I mean, just and you look at what they've done um, in the Mid South. I mean, frankly, they haven't had a close game in Mid South play. They had a three one win uh, against Pikeville. Other than that, it's just been blowout after blowout. They are beating these teams into the ground. They, I don't know if there's been a more dominant team. When I look at schedule compared to just strength of record purely, I don't even think it's close. 42-3 and three with the schedule that they've gone through. I mean, it, it, nothing short, nothing short of impressive. We said it earlier, and now I guess we can officially say it at the end of the regular season. Best resume heading into the postseason, Cumberland Patriots, and I don't know if it's that close. Yeah, there's no doubt. There's no doubt about it. Uh, Cumberland easily has the best resume uh, to me throughout the entire country. And, I mean, they bolstered that early on in the season down in Gulf Shores. They really ran through that kind of and really put us on notice. And then we started to pay more attention to them, look uh, – 
a little bit more in detail and we're like, yeah, wow, this team is, this team is incredible. Like they're, they're a really special team. And that record, especially in conference play, not a fluke. And that's a really good conference too in the Mid-South. It's something we learned uh, talking with Coach Dillinger um, a couple of weeks ago. It's just the, the level of competition, the, the level of intensity week in and week out in the Mid-South. You have to bring your A game every single time you step out on the field. And Cumberland's has done that. And like we said, I mean, that, that trio, you have a trio, you can go a long way in the postseason. You don't have to just rely on one arm. And they do that both on the defensive side and the offensive side of the ball. Absolutely. Um, and hey, you know, there are some experienced sides though in the Mid South. Freed Hardman, Campbellsville. Look, we we kind of got kind of got the five from Coach Dillinger. Uh, you know, there, there's history. Uh, you know, these teams. Uh, they, they, there's that rival. There's that rivalry. And then we get in the postseason. Anything can happen, especially with teams of this caliber, Freed Hardman and Campbellsville, that have been there, done that. However. I just think it's a different beast right now in Williamsburg, Kentucky. Yeah, I'm I'm right there with you. I think I think Cumberland's I think Cumberland's takes takes this one pretty handily, honestly. I I think that they continue their impressive play and going into that opening round that they're going to host here in a few weeks. Um, there, I think they do that with the Mid South Conference uh, yes. conference title to their name. Okay, um, let's move on to the North Star, where I have the, the Bellevue Bruins. I, I feel like that. You the same way? Yeah. And like we said, the North Star is a one bid league too as well. It just goes to uh just goes to the tournament champion. And I do think that's Bellevue. I, I think they're head and shoulders um above the rest of the conference here. And like we said, I mean we got to watch Bellevue early on in the season that opening weekend, uh take down Oklahoma City, who was number one at the time. And they really, really impressed uh the both of us there in that game. And look up now and they've kind of ran away with with the north star there in the regular season i think it's much of the same i think i think it goes uh pretty soundly for for bellevue and i think they get it done yeah i think outside of georgia Gwinnett and the cac this is the pick i'm most confident in but let's uh, t- take, take a little bit d- different route with bellevue if i could inv- invest stock in teams in the nai there aren't it's like where they are now to where they can be in the next year or two I don't know if there's many teams I'm picking besides Bellevue. I look at St. Thomas, yeah, a couple others. But this Bellevue team, they are unbelievably young. You look at the top five of their lineup, freshman, sophomore, sophomore, sophomore. Reese Floro, sophomore. Adelina Rodriguez, freshman. Lyanna McCurdy, sophomore. Sammy Redding, sophomore. These are young players that are all batting well above 300. Floro is batting 455 with 47 RBIs. McMurdy with 49 RBIs as a sophomore. This is a young, dynamic lineup that we'll see if if they're a little intimidated by the bright lights when they get into an opening round. But I'll just leave it at this. Watch out for the Bruins in 2024. Yeah, absolutely. No doubt. I mean, like you said, Floro, Floro really impressed me in the opening weekend. And I mean, those numbers, those numbers speak for themselves. Like we said, as a sophomore too, it's incredible, and I agree right there with you. I think, I think this year, obviously, they get 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 it done, but I think that they're going to make a huge statement next season with a lot of returning production. Absolutely. All right, Red River. We got two top ten teams entering this tournament, so very very interesting. A lot to look at, and it's two teams that we haven't got to see play yet. Texar. Yeah, unfortunately. <laughs> Go ahead. I was going to say, unfortunately, we haven't gotten to see them play. That's really something we were looking forward to. Of course, Mother Nature had had different plans for us a couple weeks back. Um, right. But we probably will see these two teams match up here in the conference championship game. That, of course, being Our Lady of the Lake, the number two team in the country, and then Texas A&M, Texarkana, the number six team in the country. Uh, before we get into it here, I know Texarkana is going to be playing with, with heavy hearts with the situation that they had um, – affects their baseball team over the weekend um, with the the player having to be hospitalized um, from the baseball team. So tough, uh, tough weekend for the Texarkana community. Thoughts and prayers go out to them as well and everyone associated with the situation. Um, but back to the softball portion of it, I do think Texarkana is going to play really inspired, not only because of that situation, but because they haven't been able to match up with Our Lady of the Lake this season. Um, but that Our Lady of the Lake lineup for me, man, they, I mean, they're, 
it's 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 approaching like historic numbers honestly is that lineup one through nine uh valdez i mean what's what's left to be said about her on both sides of the ball uh madison none the list goes on and on on. i mean like we said earlier one through five in this conference you have in the same Oklahoma, Our Lady of the Lake lineup, one through five leaders in home run categories. And Valdez is right up there at the top. And she's she's their ace, too, as well. I think, I think Our Lady of the Lake is the champion here. I think they win this conference tournament. And I think Texarkana just finishes a, a close second place. It's going to be a really good one should those two teams match up in the championship game. Yeah, I mean, uh, real quick, like you said, thoughts and prayers uh, with the Texarkana family. But I – our Lady of the Lake, man, this is the best lineup in the NAI. I mean, we, we we talked about about a couple of other good ones, and there are some good ones. But when you look top to bottom, you have one, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight ladies with over five home runs at this point of the year. It's insane, and they do everything well. They don't strike out. They hit for high percentage, and they hit for power, and they can walk. Yeah, and, and they can steal bases like. Look, Coach Bruce Linton, shout out Gus. Gus has been big. Shout out Gus. We haven't talked about Gus in a long time. I mean, hey, shout out Gus. He's been a busy boy this year. Yeah, I mean, seriously, like we said, with with the the number of runs that they average uh, every game, uh, I'm Gus is definitely definitely looking lean going into summertime um, in his best shape, getting a lot of work in. Uh, but yeah, like you said, I mean, that lineup it's the best lineup in the NAI. I don't think anyone can really argue that um, just based off the numbers, like you said, too. I mean, the walks, too. That's a really underrated stat as well. You think with the, the high power team like that, the K's would be a little bit on the high side, but they're not. I mean, they're just a complete, complete lineup all around one through nine. And I think probably the lake wins it. 100 uh, percent agree with you uh, there. I was just wanting to crunch a quick number real quick. I mean, yeah, this is a team a- averaging seven and a half runs a game. Like this, this is crazy with a pretty good pitching staff too. Yeah, I mean that it, it, it's it, it's it's just insane. But do it. We both have them, so we do agree there. The Red River. Do you think Texarkana gives us a good run? I think Texarkana. They look strong. They're good. They'll be good heading into an opening round. Um, River States. River States. This is a really good matchup at the top between Midway and Rio Grande. Uh, you know, Rio Grande is a team I'm high on. What are your thoughts uh, in the River States? Uh, with the River States, I'm I'm going to go against you here. And uh, like we here said, we two bid leads do as well. Um, but I'm going to go IU Southeast. I think IU Southeast is, is playing really good softball right now. And this is a conference that the regular season was just decided um, in the last weekend here, the few days ago, with IU Southeast taking down Midway um, in that series. But I think – that that's really the deciding factor for me. Just the fact that IU Southeast has uh, beaten these top teams uh, in these series throughout the regular season. I think that's what gets it done for me. Uh, but like a lot of these, it's a really it's a true coin flip here, both between IU Southeast, Rio, and Midway as well. Um, but I'm going to take IU Southeast as my champion. I think Rio is um, is the runner up. Uh, but don't be surprised, like we said, if if all of those three teams can interchange because uh, we saw it throughout the regular season. I mean, it was it was neck and neck throughout. Even St. Mary's of the Woods, as well as the four seed. I mean, this is this is going to be a really competitive conference tournament. Yeah, it kind of works out. Um, it, it's getting close to leading us into the uh, other uh, pre- previews. But yes, this is going to be. I, I see four uh, four teams that that could win it, like you said. Uh, you know, Autumn Olestrom. We said um, earlier. Uh, th- that uh, I'm sorry, uh, Savannah Hart- Hardwiger was one one of the best hit, hit was the best hitter in the country. Can't speak tonight, but um, I, I think Autumn's got a case for right up there with her. I mean, j- just got ahead of her in batting average. She's uh, the NAI uh, leader in batting average at the end of the year, batting five ten. I'm I'm high on IU Southeast too. Um, there it's they are my runner up. I'm flipping with you. Um, I'm just really high, high on this. Uh, Rio Grande team and I mean with the best name in NAI softball and Boo Sturgill kind of hard uh, to pick against that but yeah it's it's a close one it's one I went back back and forth on and then back back and forth more uh, after I was like well I think Midway well no uh, um, uh, Rio Grande 
my question still is for Rio Grande, will the pitching be enough? That's the big question. I'm going to say yes. However, if it's not, then yes, I do think it, it IU Southeast does win uh, the River States. But I'm going to say it does, and I'm going to say the lineup keeps doing what it's done all year, and I'm going to rock with Rio Grande heading into the the conference tournament. Yeah, and like we said, too, I mean, don't even count out St. Mary's of the Woods either. I mean, I know we've talked about the top three here, uh, but St. Mary's of the Woods, too, can easily, I mean, win this conference tournament. One through four, definitely one of the most competitive in the country that we see. But like you said, yeah, I do think IU Southeast gets it done. Rio Grande is right up there with them, too. Absolutely. All right, Taylor, let's travel to your neck of the woods, Center Athletic Conference. Hey, softball, anything that happened, but I think we know the two teams it's going to come down to. Uh, yeah, more than likely. Uh, like we said, the Sooner has been dominated by two of the premier programs in in the country, really at any level of collegiate softball over the, pa- the, the past decade, um, and that's Oklahoma City and USAO. I do think that these two teams are going to match up in that conference championship game here on Saturday um, at Ann Lacey Stadium. Uh, but don't be surprised if um, you see a team like uh, Matthew or even Southwestern Christian as well. Give both of these two teams a run for their money here. You're going to have one side of the bracket played at Oklahoma City, the other played at USAO, and then the championship will be Saturday between the winners of, of both uh, both sides of the bracket. But I do think, like you said, I do think it's Oklahoma City versus USAO there in the championship game. And I think Oklahoma City gets it done. Um, I think behind, uh, obviously, Shelby Cornelson and the rest of that that squad, uh, I think that's what's going to get it done for him. Uh, it's going to be really fun should we get that matchup and we see, once again, uh, Cornelson, Sophie Williams go at it again. And if that were the case, too, it would decide to possibly decide the season series to be the fifth time they matched up throughout a 2-2 um, season split right now. And if that were to happen, I mean, that's going to – we'll be there, that's for sure. Uh, but that's going to be super, super exciting to watch. One of the – arguably the most exciting conference championship game in the country should those two teams match up. But for me, slight edge to Oklahoma City. I'm going to go with the Stars. I'm going to go the sa- same way. Um, I, I think Oklahoma City just has a slight edge, um, especially look a uh, couple pieces uh, that USA has lost uh, here, here down the stretch. Uh, but, yeah, I, I, I'm, I'm going to go with Oklahoma, Oklahoma City as well. Uh, you hit, hit the nail on the head with them. Um, I mean, with, with uh, Cornelson in the circle and that and the lineup for Oklahoma City. They're, they're the reigning champs. They're the reigning champs. They're the number five team in the country, and they are a spot I would want to avoid at all possibility trying to go to and keep them from going to Columbus because, once again, they are another host site this year. Yeah, same with uh, same with USAO as well. It's, it's one of my things with 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 the, the bidding process here. I mean, the, you got you got leagues like the Sooner with a one bid league, of course, having only only nine teams. Uh, we know I'm I'm a former athlete in the Sooner. I had to learn that the hard way there in a conference tournament a few years back. Uh, but like we said, Oklahoma City and USA are both already locked in as opening round host sites. Both already in the opening round in the national tournament. Um, but that doesn't mean that these two teams are going to take a take a few off here just because it's the conference tournament. They have their their postseason sites locked up. This is this is the big thing, not only in the state of Oklahoma, but in the entire country in, in AI softball is, is this rivalry. And I think it's much of the same there in the championship game. It's going to be a really, really fun one. I can't wait for it uh, should that take place. But Oklahoma City, for me, slide edge. I think they get it done. I guess we should – maybe we should have started with this, but uh, I guess – and I, I guess people pretty much assume, but – we will be obviously. I'll be at the Sun Conference tournament. You and Carp will be doing stuff over at the Sooner, correct? Yeah. So mm-hmm. that's where we'll be. Um, we're, we try to cover them best we can, but Sooner's in Taylor's backyard. Sun's in my backyard, and we're gonna go there and we're going to cover it immaculately. Uh, but yeah, uh, just that little tidbit there. Uh, let's see one more before we get into our top five most interesting uh, conference tournaments, I believe. And up to uh, I've got, got the Southern States, then the uh, then the WAC. Okay, uh, Southern States is I I kind of had that one 
throw, thrown in there too, but uh, as as one of them. But yeah, sure. Um, let's do the whack. Um, the whack. Taylor, who you got? This one's really tough. It's one of the tougher ones aside from the five that we had set aside. Um, it's a good segue I, into, and it's a good segue into them. No doubt, no doubt. And like we said, I mean. The whack has been crazy all year. I'd make the pun, but I don't want to be that obvious. But um, <laughs> Indiana Tech, for me, I, I, I'm going to say that Indiana Tech um, takes home this conference championship. Um, but as far as the runner-up goes, I think it's going to be Madonna. Once again, two-bid league as well. Um, but Indiana Tech and Madonna, for me, I mean, we saw them uh, go at it there in that just marathon of a pitcher's duel that we had between between Bravo and Mason Sloud last month. I think we can get much of the same there in the championship game. I do think Indiana Tech has the slight edge here. I've loved what I've seen from Savannah Bravo thus far in her freshman season. I think she's ready for the moment, honestly. And I think that um, she carries the Indiana Tech Warriors to the lap title. I I completely agree. And let's go back a few episodes, I, I think three or four episodes ago, we saw a young sophomore outfielder, Madison Miller, start pitching. Well, folks, let's get let's get a little let's see how she's doing. Now she's got five starts under her belt. She's three and zero with a one point five eight ERA, a one point one three WHIP, uh, walks and hits divided by innings pitched, um, and she has two shutouts, two complete game shutouts. So it does look like the Warriors have that second arm. And you look at the lineup led by Jordan Dipple. Yeah, I, I think Indiana Tech is going to win the WAC. So finally, Taylor, a kind of toss up one we agree on. Yeah, and um, just with these last couple, I probably might be the last, to be honest with you. Uh, yeah. <laughs> uh, but yeah, no, the whack. I mean, too, it's a really, it's a really underrated league, honestly, just being in the part of the country that they're in. But with with pitchers like like Bravo and and Schloud that um, take the headlines there, I mean, that's that's all you need to know, right there. I mean, those are those are two elite elite arms, and if we get that matchup there in the conference championship game. That's going to be really fun. But slide edge, once again, for me, is to Indiana Tech. I think that the Warriors take it home. I do agree with you, uh, Rock, with Indiana Tech. And, yeah, like you said, if we get a Bravo Schloud, that's uh, that's kind of like what we were talking about earlier in the Chicago land. If we end up getting a Tucker versus Summers final matchup, it's kind of like two schools that uh, – you know, St. Xavier's been up there. You know, two schools don't talk a ton about um, – uh, that y'all that I think everybody should check out if it ends up being that matchup. Okay, here are our five our five conference tournaments that we are begging you to watch. We are we're I mean we're telling you this is going to be insane postseason softball. Look, the rest of them are too, but these are five Taylor and I are think are absolutely crazy. Taylor, which one would you like to start with? I think we I think we have to go up to our friends there in the uh, in the Pacific Northwest. Um, with the Cascade. Cascade, once again, is a two-bid league as well. And in the Cascade, pretty pretty set in stone there on those four. You have Oregon Tech, the number one team in the country. College of Idaho is there sitting at number eight. Uh, Southern Oregon there at number four. And Eastern Oregon um, still in the top 25 as well, behind an arm like Kaylee Hoskins. And Eastern Oregon, just looking at the four seed, Eastern Oregon's taken down College Idaho already with that incredible 17K performance uh, from Hoskins there early on in the season. Uh, but for me, it's the number one team in the country. I mean, I, I hate to be, I hate to be uh, so predictable here, but uh, but Oregon Tech has really taken control of what's been a weird year, taking control of the number one spot. It seemed to me for a while that nobody really wanted to take the number one spot. No one wanted to take it over. And then Oregon Tech has kept, stepped up with with Staub and Schmidt and, and Kayla Mick, too. I mean, it's, it's arguably the most complete team in America right now. And they're going to be hosting not only this uh, conference tournament, but the opening round up there in Klamath Falls. And I think Oregon Tech is the champ. Uh, but I think College Idaho is, is right there. I think College Idaho is the runner-up. But one of these three teams is going to have to lose before the conference championship game between Oregon Tech, College Idaho, and Southern Oregon, Eastern Oregon as well, thrown in there for four. That's really going to suck, to be honest with you, because all four of these teams really could win this conference tournament. But for me, Oregon Tech's just too complete, especially being in their own backyard. I think they get it done. 
Yeah, absolutely. And we are going to start out on, on common ground. I, I completely agree with you. Uh, I think College of Idaho is the runner-up in the tournament, and I think Oregon Tech does win it. Southern Oregon, they'll obviously be an opening round team. You know, you look at Eastern Oregon, it's – they're kind of one of those bubble teams right right now. Uh, I expect you see them really give it all, give it everything that they possibly can, and who knows, maybe take one from one of these uh, top teams in the Cascade. But not going to go too much into it. You just did. I completely agree with you, though. Uh, I think College of Idaho is the runner-up, and Oregon Tech wins it. And yeah, they are the number one team in the country. And there are people who you know may disagree with that. You know, they may say uh, our Lay of the Lakes the the best team or Cumberlands and I'm not going to argue too much against that. I think the top three are pretty interchangeable, but Oregon Tech took that number one spot and then they started playing their best softball, which is something you don't see all the time. You see teams take take that number one spot and just kind of slowly go down, which has happened this year and has not happened to Oregon Tech in a year of parity and crazy upsets and we're seeing it in conference tournaments now and by the way we're picking all these and we may we may be completely off <laughs> we are i mean we're there, there there's one in at least one or two of these tournaments there's going to be a four or five seed that goes there's going to be a uh, an avila in the in, in the in the kcac there's going to be uh saint thomas and in in something like it, it, there there's going to be a, there there's going to be some wrenches thrown thrown in here but yeah um sorry about that um, I do. I do have Oregon Tech, College of Idaho. Uh, Taylor, next one of these top matchups that you are looking for. Let's just stick with some familiarity. Let's let's go a little bit north of me to the uh, to the heart of America. Oh yeah. Uh, you want to talk about insanity? Uh, this one, really, one through six has a shot here with the way that it's played out there in the regular season. I mean, this one's going to be wild. This is the best tournament. This is the best tournament tournament in 2023. Yes or no? I do you agree? Yeah, I think so. And I, I mean, even before we when we started this um, back in February, and uh, not knowing every everything that we do now, too, I think we could have said that back then as well. I mean, just with you want to talk about pitching, pitching and, and defense. I mean, Kira Baker, Skyler Goral, uh, Jordan Ball, Jana Whitney, uh, the list goes on and on and on. Uh, Pressgrove uh, from from Benedictine too, uh, oh, with our great friend Paul Hunt. Like I mean, this just throughout. I mean, it's hosted by Baker there in Baldwin City, Kansas, on their brand new field, a super super nice facility. Uh, by the way, there um, at Baker. Uh, but for me, the heart. I mean, this is really really going to be tough. It's a two bid league as well. Um, I think CMU gets it done here. I think CMU has the best lineup uh, in the conference. And I think that's what gets it done for him. We, we will need to see, though, uh, does the freshman Jordan Ball uh, live up to the step up to the moment here? Um, I think she does. I think that she's proven that uh, throughout the season with some marquee wins. Uh, Grandview as well, you throw them into that category. This is super, a super, super deep conference. But for me, I think I think we see CMU get it done. I think just the, the lineup gives them a slight advantage over everyone else. Um, and I think Baker is going to be that runner-up, but – I think you already know where we're going if we were to get those two teams um, there in the championship game and the matchup that we would potentially see. Oh, my gosh. Two freshman pitchers that are top 10 pitchers in the NAI, period, in a conference championship. Yeah, sign me up. When we're in our freshman year, too. Uh, yes, please. Yeah, give me that. Uh, all right. Um, I will disagree here, and here's why. I think Baker wins. Um the, the tournament. It, and that, like you said, there are six teams that you can make a case for. I can, we can, we can make a case for Benedictine, Grandview, Baker. I could even, we, we could mess around and make one for, uh, uh, for, for, uh, uh, for Evangel. Yeah. I mean, yeah. Evangel too. Yeah. Evangel Mount Mercy. Yeah. I mean, I, I whoever went, wins that game, I mean, they're, who knows? Who knows what happens uh, against Baker um, if ba Baker uh, does advance? But this, but here's why, why I'm picking him. I've been very uh, avid on my hey, I enjoy pitching, especially uh, with, with softball. Pitching's uh, what what I enjoy the most, and I think the you look at Skyler and Kira right now. 
man, they are just playing. They're just pitching so well. The question is the lineup. The question will be the lineup for Baker. Will they be able to score enough runs? Will will they will they be able to say, hey, you know, Skyler, Kira, if things go wrong and you give up two or three, we got your back. If they do that and they're able to consistently score four or five runs um, over a three, four uh, game span, then yes, Baker will win, will win the conference championship. Uh, but like, but like how we kind of been the whole time. Yeah. I, I think CMU is right there with them. And I do think it is uh ball versus uh, Baker. I think it is Jordan ball versus Kira Baker in that conference championship. And we are, we're, we're, we're going to, we're, good Lord. We're, our heart rates are going to be something on May 6th. All day, yeah. all day, all day, May 6th. Like, I think we, I think the first one on May 6th, I think is the Sun Conference. Um, and then we just go all day because they don't play until five o'clock central time. Oh boy, yeah, May 6th is gonna be fun. This, this whole month, folks, enjoy this month. Take a minute, breathe it in. P- player, parent, I don't know which one's more stressful, coach. All three of those positions are incredibly stressful. We know, take a breath and just enjoy playing in the postseason. Not everybody's getting to do it, so enjoy it. I'm rocking with Baker, um, but if the lineup does not produce, it is it's very wor- worrisome uh, for Baker. If it does not produce, because then you kind of look at, well, what happens when they welcome in, I don't know, enter whatever to whoever they get uh, coming to their house, it's going to be that same situation where it's like, all right, we don't know if Scholar and Kira can go and give give you zero one-run games consistently for four or five games in a row. That's tough. That's very tough to do. And lineup's going to have to step up. The Baker lineup, if they're going to do what we all think they can do and they have the pitching staff to do, they got to prove it. And I think they do. I think they prove it this this week uh, in the Heart of America uh, tournament. Yeah, no question. I mean, like, if we were, like you said, our, our heart rates are going to be sky high on May 6th. Uh, not only for me and the NAI, but they're at the Division One level. I've got I've got Bedlam softball going on that day, too, there in Stillwater. Um, so I'm going to be a wreck this weekend. But it's all it's all good because, like we said, it's May. It's postseason softball. Beth Moen says it all the time. It's mayhem. Um, it's the best month of the year in in collegiate softball, and we're we're gonna get it going with all of these conference tournaments and uh, with a few more crazy ones to get into, much like the art. Yes, we do. Uh, let's see. Up next, let's go KCAC. 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 Yep. Speaking of uh, KCAC, um, we do what we we got. We got to wish luck to. Uh, I guess we do. Uh, you know, Madison White with uh, Central Methodist. Best of luck to her with NAISB. Mimi Maggard with um, Avila GA. We got we got to w- wish luck to the family. Oh, family, come on. Um, Avila five seed in the KCAC. Unfortunately, I don't have them uh, winning it. There's about three teams you can pick from, though, in my opinion. Yeah, no doubt, and that's going to be. The number one seed in Ottawa, number two seed in Friends, and the number three seed in Oklahoma Wesleyan. Uh, these three teams have been at the top of the conference there. Um, kind of been, I wouldn't say running away with the top three seed. I mean, look at a team like like Bethany that's taken them down this year already. You mentioned Avila already with, with Peyton Walter, who's put together an incredible season uh, there in Avila, and Chelsea Kurtz as well. I mean, the national stolen base leader with 67. I mean, that's an absurd number. Uh, but for me, I think not only being able to see Ottawa early on back in February um, in person, uh, just seeing them go about their business there against a pretty good panhandle squad. It's a really, really good lineup. We talked about um, Inna King and, and Riley Newbold and Madison Bunfield, who's one of the best triple threat players in the country. Uh, they're at man and shortstop for the Braves. I think Ottawa gets gets it done here. Uh, we look back there to that doubleheader. Uh, with Ottawa and Oklahoma was, and of course they split that series on the road there in Ottawa. I think Ottawa gets it done here. I think their lineup's just a little bit better um, than everyone else in the conference here, but it's really not my much. I mean, look at Oakwu and Reagan Rector, the freshman um, hitting, I believe still over four, eight, uh, top, almost tops in the country in doubles as a freshman too. And then, you know, Lindy Alexander 
uh, Maddie Weiss, Salem Leibenthal once again in the circle. And you look at friends too. I mean, just talk about lineups. My goodness, what a lineup that is. And Layla Spracklin as well in the circle, getting it done on both sides of the ball. I think Ottawa is going to be my champion here. And I'm going to say Oklahoma Wesleyan is the runner up. Uh, but to me, I mean, between these three, it could go either way. Okay, so yeah, I, I will disagree, and I won't even be going with uh, runner-up. I like friends, man. I mean, like you said, I, I like I really like Layla in, in the circle, and wow, I mean, this lineup headlined by Caroline uh, Dallimore uh, for the Falcons. I I don't know. It, it's what this is the this is that one of those situations where it's my gut. Like it's it's one of those things. I'm just I feel it in my gut that it's friends Falcons. Now it may be a bad choice ever. When you when you pick pick a team named the Falcons, you're 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 subject to, to getting hurt. Um, sorry, all, all of my Atlanta all the Atlanta Falcons fans, I had to get a little jab in there. But um, yeah, no, uh, no, serious. I I love this lineup, man. I, and I think K- Carolina can hit hit the ball up, up there. Anybody in the NAI, uh, the whole lineup can. And hey, I, I'm gonna rock with the Falcons and the KCAC. Yeah, that's a great pick, too, as well. I mean, like, Layla Spracklin has quietly put together one of the best seasons, um, not only in the conference, but, I mean, in the country as far as as far as far two-way players go. I mean, she's really, really dynamic there um, for friends, too. I mean, even even a team like McPherson could give these three a run for their money, but I do think I do think these three are a little bit better than just the rest of the conference here. Uh, so that's, for me, I'm going to go with Ottawa just because of that lineup. Um, Oklahoma Western friends yeah. like like Ottawa too. It's very interchangeable as well. I really could see it going all three ways. Absolutely. Okay, two more folks. Um, Southern states. Sounds good. I'm really just trying to avoid trying to pick who's going to win the Sun Conference. Honestly, um, <laughs> uh, in the Southern states, though, I mean, hey, I mean, <laughs> whoo, Lord, we saved the toughest ones for the for the last. I mean, I think there's three teams we really look at. Um, Stillman po- uh, possibly as well, but Mobile, William Carey, and Middle Georgia State. I think that's the three. Taylor, who's winning the Southern States Conference, Southern States Athletic. My apologies. Once again, uh, another one bid league that probably doesn't deserve only just one bid with the, the amount of great teams that are in this conference, too, as well. I mean, the teams you just mentioned right there. I mean, potentially all top 10, all top 15 teams um, going in after this final poll here next week. Uh, but I, I do think this is where we're going to agree with. I, I'm going to go with Mobile yeah, there in the, the SSAC. I think Mobile has really, uh, really found a dynamic freshman. Um, and Avery Harold down the stretch here, giving him that third option uh, with Butts and Goff in the circle too. I think Mobile has really, really turned a corner here. Um, I say that they still have an incredible record. It's just that the Mobile that we are used to hasn't dropped the games that they have over the regular season. Um, but William Carey too, don't be surprised by them. Middle Georgia as well with Eddins and Riggins uh, with a dynamic duo in the circle for them. Man, this is tough, but I'm going to go with the Rams here. I think um, a little bit to my point of Indiana Wesleyan, they're playing their best softball right now, and they found a, a difference maker really in the freshman and Avery Harrell. And I think that's what gets it done for him. I think Mobile wins this conference tournament. The emergence of Avery Harrell is what shifted me to that, not just the the last name. I mean, the way she has pitched down the stretch, I mean, really uh, uh, bursting onto the scene um, in that 13-inning game against Annalise Wood and Georgia Gwinnett. And since that that uh, that doubleheader loss, and they lost game one to William Carey, three straight losses. I mean, we're sitting we're sitting here looking at a I believe at the time they were like twenty five and eleven Mobile side, and it's like this isn't what what we're used to see uh, Coach, Coach Cook cook up uh, uh, down in South Alabama, and then she started cooking with peanut oil because. They haven't lost a game since. They have looked incredible. They came back. They swept William Carey. They looked dominant against William Carey. It's a really good lineup. And we talked about teams. Remember, folks, we talked about teams a couple weeks ago to watch out for who could figure it out at at the end and start playing really good softball the way that they have. Mobile's done it better than any of them. And I'll say this. 
if I'm one of the 10 teams hosting or a one seed, if you, if, if I'm one of the 10 one seeds, Mobile is the main two seed I want to avoid. I think Mobile is the best non-hosting site or non-one seed that we'll see. And I, they, I guess they could still get a one. Could they? They, they could still get a one, maybe. Probably not. Probably not. They went on a run. Yeah, 11 losses. Probably not. But still. Um, so, yeah, they, they're the last two seed I want to face. Right now, and especially if they go um, into the Southern States Athletic Conference Tournament and tear it up the way Taylor and I think they will. Hey, sometimes it ain't about uh, it ain't it ain't about what you do in February and March. It's about what you do in April and May, and looks like the Rams have certainly figured that out. Yeah, absolutely. I think this is going to be right up there with the hard as far as most competitive goes with those top three there. Like you mentioned, Stillman as well. Stillman has uh, a lot of upset wins this season, one including Mobile. Uh, but I think Mo- it's a different Mobile team right now. I think they're. They're rolling right now, and like we said, with with Harold, the emergence of her as well. I think that's what gets it done for him. All right, let's talk about my neck of the woods to finish it off. And I think it is the biggest coin flip, uh, like but like where there's just two teams. The biggest coin flip is it, am I am I letting my my Sun Conference side show, or am I correct on that? Uh, no, honestly, I mean at the top here, I mean it's not as deep as the heart. I would say. Um, conference wise but Absolutely. as far as the and who's going to win i mean just that question alone yeah it's it's a true coin flip i mean with with coastal georgia and and southeastern even kaiser as well and st thomas kaiser has put together a nice little stretch here at the end of the season um but for me for me i think it's coastal georgia i just think with with that that duo of, of haley dickerson and bryce peacock bryce peacock of course on both sides of the ball as well i think Coastal gets it done. I I like really like what the Mariners have done this year, and I'm still a little hesitant on Southeastern. Um, and I I know obviously like what their issues have been uh, throughout the year. And I mean we look at this the go to the schedule like we said um, episode in episode out. I mean this is a really tough non conference schedule, and it's really one of the reasons why their record hasn't been up to their standards, up to Coach Walking standards. Uh, but I think Coastal for me, I think Coastal gets it done. St. Thomas is a real sleeper for me, honestly. They really are with Abigail Smith. Uh, they've, like we said, beaten Southeastern already this season. I think with uh, – should Smith have a good week, I think we could look up and see St. Thomas in the conference championship game. Uh, but for me, I think Coastal is – Coastal in their lineup as well as the duo in the circle, I think that uh, that's what gets it done for them, and I like the Mariners. Yep. I said it recording uh, tomorrow's Suncast about an hour ago. Um, if I were to pick a team not – uh, coastal or southeastern, it would actually be Kaiser. Uh, extremely young, extremely deep team. Uh, you know, but similar to St. Thomas, but uh, I, I really like that lineup. But let's get down to it. It, it. it will be Coastal Georgia or Southeastern winning the Southern Conference Championship. Who it will be? It's one of those situations. My head is saying Coastal Georgia, but my heart, my gut, saying Southeastern. I also said Southeastern at the beginning of the year, and I'm going to somewhat confidently say this is the weekend. It's now. It has to be. I mean, it's now or never. This has to be the weekend. Coach Kayla Watkins' side figures it out. And by figure it out, I mean play championship like like, like a top five team. Still been a great team. Don't get me wrong with that end, but they haven't been the number four team in the country, which they were coming in, which we all thought they were. We th- we both thought this would be a, a team that would not leave the top five, much less the top 10 all year. It hasn't worked out that way, but there's still time to be one of those sides. And I think they do. Taylor, I think that they do. That I think they roll through everybody not wearing – well, I can't say not wearing blue, but um, that's not uh, from Brunswick, Georgia. I think that they show and they show the nation it's like, hey – we are a very experienced side led by our three uh, seniors, Erica Stahl, Haley Harrell, and Jamie Mead. I think they go back to their 2022 form, all three of them. I think all three of them start to – I think Haley starts hitting the home runs. Jamie's going to start uh, getting on base a lot more. Erica's been, been great this year. Uh, really don't have anything for like improve on, but still uh, have her conti- continue on. And I think this is where we see Southeastern sneak up – not so much sneak up, but – 
get ready and be a very, very, very frightening two or possibly three seed, most likely two seed, uh, heading into opening round play. Yeah, no doubt. I Like you said again, I mean, this is at the top here. This is probably the closest one that we're going to see. Yep. I'm all through that. Again. Uh, man, it's tough. I mean, I even uh, right up until to it, I'm thinking Southeastern the whole way. Um, something about Coastal Georgia, something about Bryce Peacock and Haley Dickerson. Honestly, it was probably me seeing them, seeing them in, uh, over on the live stream there in that Southeastern series. I mean, a great series uh, that was too. Oh, and I think that is that. I think that is going to be the matchup there in the conference championship game. I know I'm excited to see it on your end. I know you're going to be there, obviously, and get to experience that. That's going to be crazy. Um, but for me, once again, yeah, Coastal Georgia. I think Coastal Georgia gets it done. Also, don't want to say too much. Could be hopping on the call, maybe for uh for a little bit there. That would be epic. We'll say if it if it's not for a Southeastern Coastal Championship game, I'll be down there holding the phone like that. Uh, will I'll be I'll be down there uh doing that. But okay, um, have we missed any conferences? I hope not. I think that's it. No, I think I think we've about covered it all. Honestly, like we said, it's the uh. It's the best time of year, in, in the words of the great softball softball voice, Beth Mowens. It's mayhem, baby. We're here. Absolutely. The best season in, the, in collegiate softball is here, and uh, we're going to get it kicked off with all of these conference tournaments that we just we just gave you a preview of here. It's going to be electric. We already had the electricity throughout and the, the GSAC there and the AMC, too. Uh, this is going to be really, really fun. I can't wait for the weekend. You are absolutely right, Taylor Thomas, as always. Uh, let's see. I don't think there's really anything else to say, but enjoy the conference tournaments, folks. Absolutely. And stay tuned. Stay tuned on all the social medias for for all the updates from all, all of these conference tournaments as well. I mean, like we said, best time of the season. Really encourage everyone to, uh, to stay updated on there and, and follow throughout not only the the teams that you're rooting for, but teams across the country here. It's it's high level of softball all throughout the country. Absolutely. Well, uh, to all the players, coaches, good luck this weekend. Good luck to your conference tournaments. Everybody else, really appreciate y'all uh, listening to us for a little bit more. We'll see you next week.